Welcome to the Run Align podcast. I'm Steena Trujan, and I'm a certified chi running and chi walking instructor. I host epic chi running retreats for women in my hometown of Tensleep, Wyoming. At Run Aligned, my mission is to teach you good running form so you can run pain-free and enjoy running. I was a runner who a few years into a running journey started having recurrent injuries. Think shin splints, runner's knees, hip bursitis. I would take time off to heal, but every time I returned to running, the same injury recurred all over again. Since learning the chi running approach, I now run pain-free and have for two years. Since then, I've been coaching others and leading chi running retreats. Here in the Run Align podcast, I'll share the principles of chi running to help you unlock a new way of running injury-free. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled you're joining me today for what I think turned out to be a really insightful interview. I'm chatting with Beth today. She's a seasoned chi running instructor and she calls herself a movement coach. I think when we consider the theme of the podcast season, Redefine, I feel Beth's perspective adds a nuanced dimension to our mindful running journey. So this season is all about reshaping how we experience running. And if you're a regular listener, you may already be doing this. Today's episode with Beth will elevate that experience and help you tune into your own awareness. Beth is passionate about teaching the art of listening to our body. What we think, feel, and believe is all reflected in the messages our body sends us. By acknowledging this, we gain the power to decide if we resonate with the story that our body is telling, allowing us to move with purpose. For me, it used to be all about external motivators. Best too, as you'll hear. But chi running, as you know, has changed my perspective. No matter where you are on your mindful running journey, I'm sure there's something valuable you can take away from today's discussion and integrate into your own routine. Let me know in comments or emails, any thoughts or questions you have on this. Are you ready? Here we go. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome to the Run Outline podcast. I am joined today by Beth Klein, and I'm super excited to share her with you all. I first met Beth, I want to say maybe six months ago, almost a year actually, and it was a really unique experience. So I'm very excited to bring her here on the podcast so that she can share the work that she does. I'm going to turn it over real quick so Beth can share a little bit about who she is and then we'll get going on the interview. Go ahead, Beth, take it away. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate you asking me. And I am a movement coach. I do some chi running instructing. I'm a master certified instructor, and that rolls into my energy practice as well as life coaching practice. And my passion is the body. I love teaching people how to learn to listen to all the cues that the body provides. Very cool. I was really inspired by 
what you say on your website, because you say you move energy all day, every day, and your body is telling your story. Do you like the one you hear? I love that. Yeah. We're just, we're chatting a little bit before I hit record on how applicable chi running really is to so many areas. But so share a little bit for the listeners about, about that. Well, I learned chi running a long time ago when I was training for a marathon and that was kind of the start, one of the starts of my, I've always been a kinesthetic learner. So I've always learned by feel. And so chi running really made sense to me. And I was in the process of training for the New York marathon. And as I deepened my running practice and continues to this day, I really learned to pay attention to the cues that my body was giving, like food, you know, is this helping me train or not so much? And that varies with training, but also with time of year and things like that. So really starting to hone in on the little cues that the body is providing. And by doing that, I believe that I have managed to, I've never been injured on the run, knock mm. on wood. <laughs> <laughs> she says that she knocked on her forehead. <laughs> I, uh, I've injured myself skiing, you know, twisted an ankle here and there, but I have never had to sit out a run because of an injury. And not to say I like, I, I always tell people I've, I've flirted with plantar fasciitis, but I've never had it because I know enough to know my practice has taught me like, Oh, your foot's starting to tense. Let's do something about that. Cause the con the body is constantly saying, Hey, excuse me. Yeah. Yes, me. Yeah. I like this or man, maybe not. Maybe make a change. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's really what I was, when you, your tagline delve into that a little bit for the listeners, because that's, that's a pretty cool tagline. I think uh, you move energy all day and your body's telling your story. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, and I think that your energy, like we're moving energy all day. You feel it, whether you are aware of it or not, right? Like, you know, when you walk into a room, what it feels like if someone's upset when they say, oh yeah, I'm good. And you know, when they're not. And, and when we push down energy that doesn't feel good, or we get stressed, if I run and I'm stressed, or walk and my shoulders start to creep up, right? That creates tension. And if that tension stays in my body, then it leads toward energy or injury. And so I like to teach people to start to pay attention to how that energy moves through the body or how we don't allow it. We shove it down or we push it down, you know, because we can't deal with it now or when it really, it takes a moment to like, oh, you know what? I'm stressed or this doesn't feel good. Or, you know what? I'm that really sad or angry and really allowing that emotion to move through our body rather than pushing it, you know, compartmentalizing it. Mm -hmm. so when that happens, like we teach in running, you know, it's inefficient. Yeah. Did chi running come before this work or did this work come before chi running or did they kind of happen? Maybe yeah. they evolved together some, yeah. somehow. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. Because it really, they came in about the same time, but it has really been a amazing practice on how it all works together. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because what I hear you describing is what I call the the whole mind body connection also, right? Is really truly what I what I think you're describing. And so I think it's so unique for runners that if we can if we can learn the cues in one area of our life and we can kind of hone the skills there, then it becomes easier to allow it to spill into other areas of our life because maybe there are some stigmas attached to feeling our feelings in other settings, but can we just do it in our run, right? On our maybe 30 minute run or 60 minute run for that day and are my shoulders up under my ears? Okay, I can I can relax and let them go, right? And then learn from that to let it spill into you know, maybe the day at the next morning at the office or something, or as we're talking to somebody. And I think one of the easiest ways is to begin by movement through movement is to start to pay attention how you move. Like, oh yeah, I got my, my shoulders creep up or my toes, I clench my toes mm -hmm. and then start to get curious about that. And then you can start to notice that when you're not running or, you know, when you're at the office or when you're in front of your children or with your husband or partner or friends, we can want, it's easier for some people, especially like for me, that's how I basically learned it was to start to pay, really pay attention while I was moving my body so that I could then draw the dots, connect the dots while I wasn't moving my body. Yeah, no, I think it makes a lot of sense because if we can do it in one area, we can typically take that skill also, right, to another area. Yeah. Right. yeah. You're also a Reiki practitioner, right? Is that how it's pronounced? Is that correct? Yeah. Reiki? Reiki? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so which, just for the listeners that might not know, just real quick, explain, because that's all energy also. Just explain. Yeah, so Reiki is the using of energy. So when I work with someone and I flowing Reiki energy, it's a healing energy meant to allow the energies in your body and the client's body or my own body to flow freely, to allow that chi to be unblocked and to flow through the body and through the energetic field. We all have a field around us. Mm -hmm. And so we want to have that, the energies flowing freely and not stuck in one area. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people, you know, have energy that's stuck or sticky. And so we want to loosen it and keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's so good. And just for the listeners that don't know the chi, it's a life force energy that runs through our body right so yeah, yeah very cool okay so let's well maybe you shared a little bit but let's back it up a little bit and share your journey of developing this keen awareness of your own body I mean that started with that first marathon or were you injured or were you always tuned in or was there a particular moment that kind of sparked your interest because for me, it was it was injury that kind of got me into it initially, right? I think it is for right. a lot of people. It, and actually, like, like I shared, I've, I've never been injured on the run. Not um, even before she running? Not even before she Oh, ran. gotcha. Okay. A friend of mine was actually training to be a running instructor, a chi running instructor, and mm -hmm. so practiced on me. Because you have to practice before you yeah. can become an instructor. And I was one of her clients. And 
like I said, I was training for this marathon and it, it made sense to me. It just thought I was like, oh yeah. From a movement perspective, it made sense. From a sense. movement perspective, it, it made sense. And, and I grew up with brothers and we, I lived under the, you know, pain is weakness, leaving your body and you push, push, push. I was an athlete and really competitive. And this was a total mind shift of, of not, of allowing pain to be a, a small tap and not something that I had to push through or push to the side or any of that. So that was really curious to me of being able to feel my way through a run and to be able to make an adjustment on the run. Hmm. Not run, you know, I didn't run through a whole lot of pain as it was, but I would get real curious about, oh, I have, you know, my foot starting to hurt or, you know, my knee doesn't feel that great. What, what mm-hmm. if I'm in? Right. What yeah. about what, in, what used to inform your, your runs pre chi running? What, uh, you know, what, what, focus did you have what metric did you use to inform yourself it was a good run or or not it was all time and speed (laughs) yes (laughs) oh those those metrics those friends (laughs) all how fast how fast could you do it and you know I I I would say on my website I I ran to cure a broken heart I um, helped a boyfriend train for a marathon. I ran a couple runs with him and I ran him in, in the Seattle marathon. And then, you know, we broke up shortly thereafter. And I thought, well, if he can do it, I can certainly do it. And so I trained and do well, it faster than him. No, well, I definitely was. Okay. <laughs> and then I was again, and I'm competitive and never to be told what to do. And so I was toying with running a marathon or running a half marathon mm. and a coworker who was older and overweight and not very healthy was told me that I should not do it. So that day I signed up <laughs> in true, uh, Beth fashion. I was like, yeah, well, nobody tells me what to do. So I signed up for the full that day and started training. And I really did not know what I was doing when I started. I, th- I might have downloaded and and something off the internet. Yeah, uh, a training plan, a sixteen week, twenty yeah. week, maybe. <laughs> and then I ran a few marathons for charity. I ran one for leukemia and lymphoma, mm. and you know we'd run every we'd do our long runs together, and they'd meet and stretch for twenty minutes. And I was just irritated by all the stretching. I was like, yeah, let's just run. Oh. Funny. Did you enjoy the training part? Did you enjoy the running part? Did that feel great? Or how was that for you? I'm curious. It did. It felt really good. I do love, and that's back when I used to listen to music too. And I, but when I was training for a marathon way back then you had, I had a little armband and it was a radio. (laughs) wasn't like an iPod or not even a Walkman, huh? (laughs) Yeah. You hear the same songs like on repeat. Yeah. But I do, I love, maybe not so much anymore, but I like the long, I mean, running for me is three things. It is therapy, it is meditation, and it is exercise. 
So if I need to think about something or decompress or exercise, running is my first choice. And even pre-chi running, you still felt a deep connection with running. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, very cool. I I did to an extent because I had overcome negative self-talk and negative language around running because I was the one who hated running <laughs> until, you know, 45 and then choosing to change my mindset around that. But yeah, one of the things that, and I guess, let me jump into this question because it segues into how chi running just kind of uniquely facilitates this mind-body connection for runners that you also mentioned that that you work so much in now with how you move energy all day and whatnot and this being connected to your body. In your words, how do you feel chi running really facilitates that? For a lot of people, I think that chi running is one of the first opportunities to really embrace that, you know, pain, pain is a, is an indication. It's not a weakness. It's not, it's your body saying, Hey, you know what? Like make a change, do something different. Mm -hmm. You know, there's different types of pain. If it's, you know, extreme pain and it hurts, you stop. But if it's, you know, a little ache in your knee, I can't tell you how many marathons I've been at. And the person next to me is like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to run through this knee pain. And I just want to say, please don't, don't do that. Make an adjustment. And I think that chi running oftentimes is that people's, someone's first opportunity to really embrace that you don't have to run through pain or be in pain. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not always fun. You know, running 26 miles, you're going to hit the wall or even five miles or three miles. It's not always fun and games, but it, it is often people's opportunity to really start to listen to what feels good and what doesn't as you're moving. And can I push my body? Can I push a little further? Or, you know, did the food that I eat, was that, is that feeling good in my body? Or is it, is it not, right? Like, I think that's often the first opportunity to really have this sort of communication, this dialogue, if you will, with the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the big things that Chi Running really taught me was that communication between the mind and the body and where initially when I used to hate running it was that broken record of oh my god this is so hard I can't do this for more than five minutes and when I chose to replace that language with more positive mindset though I was always trying to come up with this positive thought to overcome it where now chi running has given me the ability to, as you're saying, whether there's even pain or not, but just kind of make these adjustments and also not only wait for the pain to occur, but actually kind of send out a, oh, we could do this now, or I know how to move this body part because I have these skills now, right? So that chances of feeling that pain is, is a lot less likely. So it has, yeah, it has really been, really elevates the experience of running. I, I, I find. Yeah. And, it, and if you're seeing things like I was, you know, when I work with people and they're like, oh, I hate running or I hate hills or, and I'm like, if you're running and you're repeating that to yourself, 
Like, sure. what, what do you think's happening? Like, do you, are, do you magically think you're going to love running or it's going to be easier? No. Yeah. So if, if you don't like running, like, or if you hate running fine and you're running, focus on something you do like, like the birds, the trees, the view, like being outside, but paying attention to, you know, how you're breathing, get you get your mind something else to do and and I often like don't want people to listen to music as they start because that's another way to just numb out and not pay attention yes I couldn't agree more right and then also it takes away a sense that you could be using to pay more attention to your body or the breath or what's around you so really starting to dive into okay and even at that moment like sometimes I think you know what I hate this hill I don't, I don't like running up hills. So I focus on something else, right? Can I keep a long spine? Like you said, can I, when this happens, I'm going to do this. What could, can I keep a long spine? Can I keep my stride short? How's my breathing? Like there's 87 different things you could think about while you're running. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I'm curious that the people that you then work with, what do you see as a predominant approach in running or, you know, struggles with running? Does that make sense? The They're injured or no pain, no gain, or they hate it, or it's a chore. Or... A lot of it's, it's injury. You know, people come because they, they are injured or wanting to run further than they have been able to thus far. Yeah, but predominantly probably injury. And why is this happening or how can I, I want to run? And some people have, have run before and then now they're trying to run and they keep getting injured. And so, and they know, you know, how, what it does for you. I mean, it is this amazing, I, I, I've done triathlons. I always tell people I've done triathlons, but I've discovered that running is my true love because it's just the easiest thing to do. I can roll out of bed no matter what city I'm in and, and run. I don't need any fancy equipment other than a pair of right. shoes. And it's a great way to see a place, to experience mm. the surroundings you're in. You know, so it, it's one of the, I don't know. I love it. I can talk about running all day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I think what I hear you describe that, that people come to, when they come to you and is their issue and, it's one of the things that I really try and highlight also on this podcast is that, yes, so we seek out help when we're injured, but we seek out typically a very specific help. Like myself, I was feeling shin splints a lot, for instance, so I would go and seek help, or maybe I would would Google and and I would be just very tunnel vision on, on that particular issue, whereas what I really want to bring focus to for people when it comes to chief running is that you actually get a system, you get a methodology of kind of how to, how to carry your entire body, not just if you've had shin splints. I mean, we're not limiting ourselves to that. We're actually going to look into the entire body and how we can improve everything, your whole posture. And then, and then once you you've overcome your injury, we're going to give you skills and tools to where you can just enhance your running because now you know what to do with you know all your body parts that you're running at least the ones that are involved in running right, right. a big part of it is alignment right and so one of the big things that we teach is alignment so getting your shoulders hips 
and ankles in one straight line. And when you're out of alignment, smaller muscles kick in to do a job that is not theirs to do, right? So if your hip juts out, your IT band is overworking or you know, if you're pushing off with your toes, that's, you're not in alignment. So being in alignment is critical, not only physically, but also energetically, you know, for moving. And one of the things that I also like to teach is we need stability for mobility, right? You need stability in the hips so that you can swing your legs. You need stability in your upper, your shoulders, so you can swing your arms. And when you don't have stability in some of those places, then it it has to be found somewhere in the body. And when you're out of alignment, like I said, those smaller muscles kick in to do a job that's, that's not meant for them. Mm -hmm. And when you, and over time, then we start feeling that, right. I mean, especially when we log three, four five days a week on the road, right. Right? And then, and then you start to realize too, like, you know, like I, I tell people in my workshops, your center, center of mass, right. Where your belly button, your Dantian, your, And in that, you want to drive your movement from that center, right? And the further you get, the more distal you get from the center, either down or up, the smaller the muscles get. And so when we drive movement from the center, if you're having pain, you know, in your knees or your ankles or, you know, up the chain, then you can start to connect the dots. If my knee hurts, what's below it, right? So my ankle, so my, is my balance off? Do I have good balance? And what's my foot strike like? But then also what's above it, right? So my hip, is my hip jumping out, jutting out? Do I have, how strong is my hip girl? So starting to be able to notice, a locate your pain if you have some, and then what's, you know, what's going on either up the chain or down the chain. Down the chain, yeah. yeah. So good. You can extrapolate that and do it to your life too, right? Like what's, what hurts? What's downstream? What's upstream, right? Yeah, that's very good. What I'm curious, because I, I feel the go-to approach when you kind of see outside the chi running universe is, well, we need to strength train some more. We just need to strength train some more. And I, I don't disagree with strength training per se, but I think it's missing. I think it's missing that bigger picture of what's truly going on because even if we strength train, but then we go back with the same poor alignment as we go out and run because that has not been fixed necessarily in strength training, even though we strengthen our so often it's the glutes maybe for for runners, right? And then we still go out in poor alignment or we go out with poor directional alignment, which is for instance, toes playing out in the wrong direction and whatnot. I don't know why I'm bringing up. I I know that you're going to say the same as me. You're going to agree that yes, it all goes back to form, right? I I agree. Yeah, strength training is is critical. Everyone that I work with to do strength training because it's just plain good for you. And you don't have to run as much if you're strength training. And you need to make sure that you are, again, a stability for mobility, right? You need to be, if you are strength training, you need to be meticulous about what you do with your hips. Because that's one of the first places we make compensations. And and having that strong base also with your ankles and your feet, a tripod. Yeah. So strength training is really critical. And making sure that you're doing it in, in, in alignment, basically. Yeah, the strength training part also in alignment. And of course, also learning the good running form skills. Yes, I've actually recently started lifting barefooted, which has been really cool because 
I can just huh. feel my balance so much better. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes too, like I was, I was working actually with this guy, this kid yesterday that he does a lot of strength training and balance is also key because running is, and walking is you're on one foot at a time, right? So you, there's a certain amount of balance that is necessary. And so breaking apart strength training moves like shoulder, the shoulder press, if you do it with one arm and then you do it with the other arm versus both arms at the same time, if I'm doing it with both arms at the same time, the weaker one gets help from the stronger, hmm. right? My right arm and the shoulder press is much stronger than my left. So when I do them separately, it's almost comical to see like my whole body try to help my left arm push up versus my right arm. So, and so part of it is knowing like, these are my weaknesses. Like these, these are my movement, what I call them issues. These are my issues, yeah. my movement issues and knowing what they are so that you can then create some stability, some strength around it so that you are strengthening that versus, you know, using other things to help it along. What do you, I'm curious, what do you tell your clients? Cause I imagine you also see clients who kind of just want to be able to check off that they have completed said strength program or said run for the day or whatever. So my point is get through it. They're just focused on done. I can now say I've done it or that I lifted so x amount of weight or whatever right as opposed to really truly being diligent focused on your form and saying that that's what matter more than just having done it encourage people to you know care about that more so than being done so one of the things that i do in a workshop or when i'm working with someone is show them you know like when you do yoga or you know and you do a pose where you open it's a twist or something and the pretty part is when the, everything's in alignment, the right arm is straight down to the left, right? And I can do that. But if I'm doing that, if I'm on my hands and knees and I lift my right arm and I want it in perfect alignment with my left, I can do it. But I have to shift my hips way out of the way. Like mm. they're, they're not in alignment at all, which negates that exercise, that pose, right? The pose is not about getting my right arm in alignment with my left. It's about twisting from my center, from my spine, you know, the spinal twist. So I can only twist, you know, three quarters of the way, maybe. And so really trying to show people or, and I think a lot of times in, in an exercise class or in a gym, you know, want, they want to make things harder. So they'll be in a lunge and then they'll lift their arms or, you know, weight their arms but you have to pay attention to when you do that, what happens to your hips? Like what compensation do you make? And if you don't make a compensation, awesome. But if you do, you should not be lifting your arms. You should not be adding weight. Not until that particular practice is almost perfect. Like you can't, like you don't compensate. Yeah. Does that make sense? Did that answer your question? I think you did. I mean, the focus, of course, being on the process rather than the, you right. know, and you, you not that it's not a totally perfect outcome. <laughs> let go of whatever is around you or, you know, and if it's right. only running two miles that are really good, sweet, only do that or yeah. only 
Because that's what I was going to bring it back to. Let's bring it bring it into running then, right? Because, and I, I heard you describe that you did a little bit of the same, that you rammed up lots of halves or full marathons within, you know, a short amount of time. I did that too, because we become so outcome focused right. or like people will say, but I just feel really good after I've done it. Or in my case, it was like, well, I wanted to burn the calories so I could eat the cupcakes or whatever, right? Which I think is very, very common also for women, right? So I would love it in your words, just elaborate a little bit on that, on that pyramid of progress that we talk about in cheat running also that, that the foundation has to be met before we kind of climb up. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about, but I just kind of want it in your words, right? It's form, distance and speed, right? Before you can run a long distance. I swear the first time I practiced the posture of cheat running, I used to, on my lunch break, I would run the six mile lap around Lake Union here in, here in Seattle. Mm. And I would do that. And it would take me about an hour every day. That was my lunch break. But the first time I learned chi running, I went after work and I swear it took me two hours to get around, you know, the, that loop just because I would stop every like 20 feet. It felt like, and get myself back into posture because I felt like I'd fallen out of it. And so really practicing, you know, what does alignment feel like? And we do more walking and standing around than we do running. So oh, practicing posture when you're not moving so right. that it's easier when you are moving. So yeah. this becomes not just chi running, but it becomes now the way you move forward into life, right? Like, and does it mean you cannot ever stand, you know, like you can, you can't judge your hip out or can't be in posture? No, but you got to make a conscious choice. Like, okay, I'm going to slump on this bleacher because it doesn't feel good when I'm sitting in alignment. And that's fine. I would, I do that, but I make the conscious choice to do that. Right. Yeah. Having and so really honing in on that form and really, like I say, being meticulous with your hips and then starting to add more distance and then maybe trying to go faster. Right. We want that solid foundation first, and then we can start to, you know, raise your arms, add weight, do the, do the fancier things, right. but it, you need that foundation, that base first. Yeah. But I'm curious, just from your perspective, because if we think about it on a bigger scale, you know, society wise, how we're conditioned to being so outcome focused, <laughs> it doesn't matter how we get it. Let's just get there faster and faster. Right. At the expense of how we get there right, right. so yeah that's yeah I mean. and that's i mean i don't have an answer for that that's that is hard because because every you know and i and i always tell people too you know when you start a marathon or a race it doesn't have to be a marathon it could be a 5k it could be a 1k it doesn't matter the thing is to like you know and i'm i'm 100 guilty of it just Take it all <laughs> right? And then <laughs> the latter miles, I'm calculating how slow I can go and still finish in the time that I wanted to. Versus I try and tell everybody now, like, don't put like put blinders on or something. Don't pay no attention to anyone around you. Go slower than you think you should, slower than you want to. Get into your body. Correct all, you know, think about your arm swing, think about your footfall, like get into your own self and then you can go like at least for that first half mile, maybe that first full mile, but mm -hmm. like, 
on in yoga, you know, stay on your own mat. You it's like there's a visible, there's a force field around you. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Worry about what you're doing and slow it down. And similar to yoga, I've talked about this before, that how we say that the yoga mat is a reflection of, I think, how we show up in life, I think maybe is a reflection or is a saying, right? Running somehow similarly is the same. I mean, you know, how we how we run in a way is how we show up in life, maybe also, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So tell us or tell the listeners a little bit about, do you have a client in mind or maybe even yourself where you definitely notice that, that chi running or just this awareness, this energy awareness that, that you teach and talk about so much really made a, a different in their life and their ability to tune in to their body and to what they were doing. Right. Oh man. Yeah. I'm sure you have a ton. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Yeah, I well, I recently worked with a gentleman who was he's an older guy and he was training for a half marathon. And I think he has a little he he does he has a little bit of scoliosis mm-hmm. and real tall guy. And being able to slow him down a little bit, you know, because a lot of people <laughs> one of the things that I made him do in chi running, there are four gears, right? First gear is warm-up pace second gear you know think of like you're I'm gonna run 100 miles I could do this all day pace and then second gear is your everyday running pace third gear race pace and one of the things that I made him do is spend time in first gear spend an entire run just going slow paying attention to how he's breathing all the things and it was amazing because he he was like I never I never give myself I didn't think I had permission to run like run this slow and then after that he was like oh and he had been run running faster his mile times had dropped or he was more aware of how he could fall into the run and how he can allow his feet to float up behind him and how he was also breathing at work just by simply giving him permission more or less yeah it's not so interesting and what you're saying that he's he's voicing that i didn't think i had the permission i think is what a lot of runners feel there is a stereotype assumption that I don't know if there is a set pace but it has to look like you're running really fast right because otherwise can you call yourself a runner if you're not and that's that's a conversation I've had in the past with people about you know the whole 80 20 also which really also just blends so well of course with with chi running also right but yeah 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 like when I video I always video people and I have to repeat myself like I want to see what it looks like when you run, not when you sprint or, you know, don't take off like a jet, just your every day. I'm out for a run around Seward Park. I'm not being videotaped. What does it look like? Mm-hmm. And and I really have been trying to focus recently. I mean, I think my practice varies, but getting people to really understand first gear, you know, we don't have to race through life or through the run right go slow yeah a little bit or maybe that's just where i am with my own running (laughs) it's probably a reflection of it right i mean often we we take that with us but i think you're touching on something so good that when i started to become tuned into maybe my own energy my own vibration and whatnot and and understanding giving myself that permission to 
being at a pace where it felt good, which could very well be pace or gear one or, you know, easy pace, a zone two or whatever people want to refer to it as, you show up differently also. You show up just happier, right? Mm -hmm. And then it can really just kind of have this trickle effect into so many other areas of our life also, right? Yeah. And you're more able to pay attention to your surroundings to take in. I mean, if you're running outside, there's lots of beauty out there too. So you're not just head down running. More (laughs) able to enjoy, actually enjoy the run. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So good. What is, if you had to give one tip to the listeners, what would you, what would you pass on? What would be the thing you'd want to share be you know be meticulous i always tell people be meticulous about what you do with your hips i think that's from a stability standpoint is important somebody listening what should they tune into i mean be meticulous about your hip what does that mean so we when the hips are often the place where we make the first competition right so think about carrying a baby or a heavy groceries like and you what do you do you jut your hip out to bear that weight we don't want to do that right we want to stay in alignment so we want those shoulders over those hips over those ankles and so if you're going to carry something heavy or do anything we don't want those hips to move from side to side we want to be in alignment and move from our foundation yeah and so paying attention to those times that we do sway our hips from side to side just knowing like standing on one foot and knowing okay do i feel solid in this foundation and then standing on the other foot Mm. and do i feel solid in that foundation and so really paying attention to that alignment i love that you're using this form focus which is really you know engaging the core also right because that was definitely my weakness for so long. And I, I truly didn't know. I just knew I had what felt like hip bursitis. And my, you know, doctors and chiropractors would tell me that I had hip bursitis and show me stretches, right? So talking about how it wasn't really fixing, you know, it wasn't fixing the the underlying cause or just trying to give me a band-aid by, well, stretch it out and see if you can alleviate the pain you're, you're experiencing. But then I would go back out and I was a ferocious walker. I mean, four miles, at least an hour, right? Pace with hips. I just <laughs> both ways, right? Because I didn't, I didn't know. So she running really, really, and that understanding of like you're saying, good pelvic stability, hip stability, really just that in itself alleviated it right I thought I was needing hip replacement by 40 I mean I really did it was painful no energetically and physically your hips are the center of you so being paying attention to what happens there is really really important and yeah especially as as we think about it for women also that's where we carry babies and whatnot right yeah it is you know, the center of everything. So that's an awesome tip to pay attention to our hips, our pelvic region. Very cool, Beth. Anything else that you think the listeners would benefit from? Well, and then arm swing. (laughs) Pay attention to your arm swing. Your arm swing is more important than you know. Yes. Right. And that can off your hips or it can work with your hips. Yeah. 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 And lots more. (laughs) We really want to say I'm all... (laughs) 
right? And go back and then Google your toes. And then, yeah, there's all Best the where can people find you? My website is Beth Klein and Klein is C-L-I-N-E dot com. And yeah, that's all the, all the things that I do and chi yeah. running and energy work and yeah. community. Awesome. I'm going to leave all your contact info in the show notes for people so they can reach out. And you do, I, I know because you and I are not in the same state and we did work online. So you do that, but you also do in-person workshops, correct? Yeah. In the Washington area, Seattle area? Yep. Buddy who's out there. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks. I appreciate it so much. And I know that the listeners are going to get so much value out of this. Thank you so much for conversation. asking. Yeah. I love it. As we wind down this episode, a little reminder for my fellow mindful runners. Picture this a week long summer retreat, a deep dive into chi running, and the antidote to your TikTok brain. Now here's the twist. Our early bird offer is fluttering away soon, January 31st to be precise. Dive into the details on our website and join us for a mindful running escape. Catch that early bird before it gets away. Thank you so much for joining me today on Run Aligned. If you're seeking more guidance on your running journey, click the links in the show notes. Chi running is a transformative practice that cultivates a profound mind-body connection, a connection that transcends running and enriches every facet of your life. It's healing and wonderful, and this can be your journey as well. Join our community by subscribing to the podcast. And if you found today's episode valuable, please leave a review and share it with your fellow runners. Run well and be well.